Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. Hey, and whether you're catching up watching this video at a later time or you're following along by our podcast, we're so glad that you're a part today. And I, I pray that even in the verses that we do today, that this becomes very powerful in your life. We also will, at the end, take a few minutes to honor uh, all of the dads on Father's Day and as we're also doing uh, this weekend, all of our graduates uh, as well. Well, um, our title today for the message, we're actually, remember, this entire summer, we are going through the book of Revelation. And so I was actually jumping this week into chapter six, but as I kept reading four and five, it's amazing John's descriptions of what he refers to as the four living creatures. So that's actually my title today, the four living creatures. And so John, remember, this is a revelation from Jesus given to John. He's writing these things down and he sees chapter four. He sees there's an open door into heaven and he begins to describe the things that he sees. And he sees these angels that he calls the four living creatures we're going to read them with all of these eyes, and he describes this, and I'm sure he's had some thought of somebody reading this because he's going to think I'm crazy. But Jesus told him, write the things that you have seen. So let me mention those first two verses before we get into it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. Jesus tells John this. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. We've actually been saying this the last few weeks, kind of emphasizing those few words. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. And so we broke it down. The things which are seen are things that have to do in chapter one. The things that are, are in chapter two and three. That's the letters to the seven churches. And then the after this is chapters 4 through 21, except chapters 4 and 5 is his glimpse into the open door of heaven. And then we know this, that from chapter 6 through 19, describe the events that are going to take place on earth after the church has departed, but right before Jesus returns to the earth. So that's just a quick little breakdown. But as I was reading this last week, and you know, and, and John mentions, in fact, let's go ahead and just read these verses right away. John, uh, he mentions this in Revelation 4, 1 and 2. After these things, I looked and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one who sat on the throne. Notice what we read before, things that will take place after this. So he sees in chapters four and five, in fact, we talked a little bit about this last week, that really what he sees with the 24 elders dressed in white robes, um, also worshiping, uh, also wearing crowns, is that picture we get of the church 
in heaven. But then remember, he describes these things. And I wanted to read this in chapter uh, four, verse six through 11. Remember, he's describing the things that he sees as he's caught up in the spirit into heaven. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had the face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. So I wanted to look at, again, those four living creatures just to get an example because I thought it was interesting that they are mentioned and it describes uh, an appearance by them, but exactly what they're doing, what they're saying. But, you know, the Bible is full of descriptions of angels in action. So we shouldn't be shocked when we read this description in chapter 4 and 5. In fact, we know this right away in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve sinned and where the tree of life was located, we know that the Bible says this in Genesis 3, 24. And so it says, so he, talking about God, he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at the east end of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So when Adam and Eve, notice the wording, he's dr they, they were driven out of Eden, but uh, obviously God knew they'd either want to come back to that tree of life. So he put a cherim with a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Well, that's one of our first examples that we read in the Bible about angels. We also read in uh, Isaiah, chapters uh, 37 and 36, that the angel of the Lord went out in the camp of the Assyrians. Uh, the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people rose early in the morning, there were corpses all dead. So one angel killed 185,000. Another example of angels in the Bible. One of the more famous ones uh, that Jesus talked about, Jesus said, or do you not think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 
legions of angels. You know, uh, Jesus mentioned this in the Garden of Gethsemane after Peter took the sword, cut the ear off of uh, the high priest servant. And Jesus said, do you not know that I could call down 12 legions of angels? Now, if you went off of a Roman legion uh, being 6,000 soldiers, Jesus said he could call down 72,000 angels. Well, we just read one killed 185,000, and then another one had a flaming sword in the Garden of Eden. But we read about this all through the Bible about different angels. You know, we're not to pray to angels. We're not to worship angels. Angels are messengers set forth from God. But these angels are different that we read about in Revelation chapter five and six. In fact, one of the things that we know is the four living creatures around the throne are cherubim, which is the highest class of angelic being. In fact, these cherubim, and here's what's important for us to know today, are the guardians of the glory of God. The guardians of the glory of God. In fact, it's expressed in what they say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They are, they are the ones that are the guardians of the glory of God. Now, what's interesting when you read on a little bit about them is we read about them in Ezekiel 10. I'll get that there in a minute. In Ezekiel chapter 10, God was bringing judgment upon the nation of Israel. In fact, some of the verses uh, that we won't read today, but I'd encourage you to look up in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 8 through 11. In fact, that's where we read at the end, you've turned my house into a den of thieves. Jesus quotes that when he clears out the temple, same thing ha happening. Uh, but when judgment comes, Ezekiel 10, and then I encourage you to read that as well. These cherubim come down and in the midst of where God's presence is, they depart and they take God's presence from earth, that glory of God, back up into heaven. Think about that. The glory of God departs from Israel and heads up to heaven. Let me mention that again. In the chapter Ezekiel 10, these guardians arrive in Jerusalem to escort the glory of God out of his temple. Think about that. He, they're escorting the glory of God out of its temple. You know, it's hard to probably define the glory of God. We, we could call it a radiant outshining of his character. It's just part of that nature about him and presence. You know, but the Bible records the actual Hebrew word, as Shekinah glory. Maybe you've heard that before, Shekinah glory. In fact, I went through and I found 11 different times in the Bible where this glory is mentioned. In fact, uh, we know it was in the cloud that led the Israelites by day and then the pillar of fire by night. We know that God spoke to Moses and Israel through this cloud. Uh, we know that that's where God met Moses. 
We know that um, this cloud is referenced over and over again, but, but one of the more famous ones we read about in Solomon's time in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10 through 11, it says, and it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. So over and over again, we read about this glory of God all the way down. In fact, some of the translations use that when the angel delivered the word to Mary that it was an overshouting cloud that came upon her. We know that uh, the transfiguration of Jesus, that a cloud appeared. We know that Jesus departed earth in Acts by a cloud took him away. It's all of those examples of the glory of God. But here's what's sad in what we're reading today, especially in Ezekiel 10, those four creatures escorted out the very glory and presence of God because Israel's, Israel is about to face judgment because they had turned their backs once again on God and his commandments. Remember this. God is a covenant God and will keep his commandments. But God also requires us to follow what he says to do, follow his commandments. You know, we read, it's a, a sad analogy that we read through the Bible in several places where people didn't even know that God's spirit left them. Samson was an example. Samson, the Holy Spirit left him and he didn't even know he thought he still had his strength. King Saul the Bible says that the Holy Spirit departed from him and an evil spirit um, came and uh, came upon him and troubled him. There are people over and over again that did do not understand that that glory had departed. And yet we read about these four creatures that one of the things that they do is the very nature of the glory of God. In fact, let's read it again. The four living creatures having six wings we're full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. One of the things that we know that we see, in fact, we'll be reading starting next week in uh, chapter six, is they will come back to earth with the glory and presence of God when Jesus comes back for what we call the second coming where he comes to rule and reign on the earth. He will come back. We know that on the earth today, we are not absent from the presence of God. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. In fact, that's exactly what God had planned is that he wouldn't dwell in temples made by hands, but he would dwell in our physical body, which he refers to as the temple of the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. That he would reside and his son would reside in us, that his presence would be in us, that we would know and sense that his presence is leading and guiding us. That was his plan all along, not to be in a structure, but to be within us. But he will return one day. In fact, I was reading across this promise in Haggai in the Old Testament. Listen to this verse. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake the nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Notice it's the what we've been looking at of the former and then the latter. The glory of the latter temple will be greater than the former. You see, God is always working. Even though God is in heaven, he is not unaware of the things taking place here on earth. In fact, all of this lines up in his timeline. But John captures this worship and glory around God and the creatures around God that forever worship him and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Notice that last part, who was and is and is to come. Sure reminds me of Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, it uh, allows us an image of two chapters into heaven of worship in heaven, of the things that God is aware of and God's presence, the power even of his presence, that we should be mindful that we need that presence every day, active in our life. You know, we read all those examples in the Bible of the power of his presence, but the power of his presence can be active in our life even today. And that that worship that we see in those chapters four and five should be the heart of worship in our lives that we remember the holiness of God, the worthiness of God, and we remember that we come before him and we fall down and we humbly worship him who was and is and is to come because he is at work. You know, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is the most important prayer and decision that you'll ever make. You know, in fact, we, we know that there is a day and an hour coming where Jesus is coming back. And yet, like many people, many people live as if it's going to happen tomorrow or later down, but you don't want to miss it because it will be too late You'll have an opportunity to accept him, but why endure the things that are going to take place on earth? In fact, we'll start looking at that next week in Revelation 6. Would you pray this prayer along with me to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I confess and thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. In fact, if you prayed that prayer for the very, very first time today, or you've rededicated your life to the Lord, I would so encourage you to reach out to us. Go to our website, fill out that contact form, or by the social media platform that you are watching or even listening to, reach out so that we can connect with you. You just made the biggest decision of your life, and you went from death to life because you believed in Jesus. You know, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, it actually is a great verse to remember this in our life, in the day that we're living. Jesus says these words. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow or reap or gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know, he starts by saying, isn't life more than food and clothes? You know, maybe you got up this morning and the first thing that you thought of is, what am I going to wear? I'm hungry, what am I going to eat? I, I don't have anything in my refrigerator. I need to go get something to eat. Isn't it interesting that that's pretty much how life uh, works for most of us? We think about those things. And Jesus said, don't worry. Notice that I take care of the sparrow. Notice that I clothe the lily of the field. Don't worry. You can't even worry enough to grow taller. Don't worry about those things. In fact, he ends with those bit about, oh, you of little faith. So turn it around and say, you know, I'm going to be a person of faith and believe that God is my provider. Pray this with me today as uh, we pray to the Lord in our time of giving. As I give in today's offering, I resist all thoughts and feelings of anxiety, worry, and fear. I confess that I'm a child of God, and God knows, and God loves me. God knows my smallest needs and my largest needs. God is faithful to watch over me like he watches over the birds and the flowers. I give today with faith and not with fear. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. It's safe, it's fast, and it's secure. You can also give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Well, let me stop before we close and remember that this weekend, we celebrate Father's Day, but we've also kind of tagged in this weekend to celebrate dads and to celebrate our graduates. 
fact, I want to read this one verse for all of you dads today that are out there. Uh, of all of the verses in the Bible that I think stand out and are powerful, uh, come from Joshua. And when we look at the life of Joshua, Joshua was one of the ones that didn't die in uh, the land of the wilderness. He was allowed to go into the promised land because Joshua was a man of faith and believed God. Yet he ends uh, Joshua with these words in chapter 24 at the end of verse 15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, you know, if you read that scripture, he's talking about how they've served other gods, they've done this, they've done that. But he makes a distinction as an individual, as a man of God, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. Dads, I want to pray with you. There's not a perfect dad out there. We have all made mistakes. We all wish we could do a rewind on several things. Um, we've been blessed. Some of you are grandfathers, fathers, stepfathers, uh, godfathers, uh, if there's still some of those out there but I wanna stop and pray over you today. In fact, let me pray this. God, I thank you today for all of our dads out there and you know all things. In fact, you said in Isaiah 66, one, that heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Be with me as a dad, be with these dads and teach them about your family and you to honor you and to fear you direct their steps as godly men, and that they would be the kind of father, grandfather, stepfather, and husband like you want them to be. Show them, Lord, and show them uh, their family your ways and create in them a desire and a hunger to follow you with all of their hearts, minds, and souls. And I know that you are carefully watching over them today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, let's take a minute for all of you graduates. Maybe you graduated from uh, high school, college. Maybe you graduated from kindergarten and you're following along with this. I wanna give you this one verse, Proverbs uh, 3, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. In fact, let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you for giving uh, all of these graduates wisdom and direction for making wise decisions for each and every new situation and journey that they are about to face. Lead them today by your Holy Spirit and let their hearts be open to obey your word. Make their footsteps firm in your word and be a constant lamp for their feet and a light for their path. We pray today, Father, that you go before them and open doors that need to be open and close doors that should be shut tight. And we pray these things in Jesus' name over them. Amen. So today, the Hills Church, in fact, even today, we honor you dads on this weekend of Father's Day. We honor you grads for a job well done, and we honor the Lord over your life.
And we pray that you trust and follow him with all of your heart. Say this with me, Psalm 121, one and two. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. God, we pray over all of the people that are listening today, Father, that you would be with them, strengthen them. And Lord, we would get a glimpse again of heaven and the reality of where our citizenship is. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.